The Lord be with you. And also with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went down by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee and to the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished and they said, he has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Fifty years after his uncle Constantine's death, Julian the Apostate ascended to power in the Roman Empire. He earned that name as emperor, the apostate, because unlike his uncle, who legalized and gave his blessing to Christianity, Julian fell away from his Christian faith and embraced paganism and the worship of pagan idols and gods. As time passed under Julian's rule, Christians began to be persecuted like they were before Christianity was legalized. They were beaten, scalded, dragged, stoned, and crucified, all because they held to a scandalous confession. Jesus is Lord. These Christians were hated because of that confession. But they were spared total annihilation because of their works of mercy. I once heard someone tell a story of an encounter between Julian and his closest aides. Julian was plotting all of the horrific things he wanted to do to destroy the Christians in the empire, when someone piped up and said something to the effect of, Augustus, ruler, we can certainly do as you wish, but then who will take care of the poor, the orphans, the widows? The Christians not only bury their dead, but they bury the dead of others. Emperor, who will take up these tasks? When confronted with these acts of mercy, Julian began to soften his plans. Not only was this the best economic decision for him to have the Christians do the dirty work, But Julian was also intrigued by the way that these acts of mercy were changing the hearts and the lives of those they encountered and were bringing more and more people into the Christian church. 
He was so intrigued by the Christian's acts of love and mercy that he even began to instruct the pagan priests to mimic the practices of the Christians who lived amongst them. The thought was that maybe if people saw the pagan priests doing the acts of mercy, they would easily abandon their Christian faith and then hold to paganism. Spoiler alert, that did not work for the pagans. 1,700 years ago, Christians were known for their works of mercy, for their care for the poor and the orphaned and the widowed and the outcasts, for taking care of the scum of the earth. I do wonder, my dear friends, what Christians are known for today in 2021. If you were to go out into the Michiana community and ask people what words come to mind when you say the word Christian, what sorts of things would you hear? Here's a handful of things I've heard or read over the years. Christians are hypocritical, fake, selfish, hateful, self-preserving, vengeful, and apathetic. Now, I'll be the first one to admit that too often these words could be used to describe my walk as a Christian. And to be honest, after hearing the things that have come out of Christians' mouths or posted by Christians online, these words describe us corporately too well. And let's not be naive. Our parish isn't immune to these characteristics either. I'm genuinely horrified when I see someone from our Trinity community follow up a share and say amen post with a post that is only meant to sow division, spew hate, and cause such deep vitriol. I mourn when I hear of gossip, even a little gossip, that soaks into our community. Churches have been destroyed through gossip. It's painful to witness other organizations or institutions who do not know Christ do the work that we're supposed to be doing. Too often, we show partiality to those who think like us and act like us and vote like us and bankroll us, all the while ignoring the least and the lost and the broken. That's why St. James' words today sting. They cut deep. He says, my brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrected and glorified Lord. St. James isn't speaking to those who have no knowledge or relationship with Christ. He's speaking to the baptized. He's speaking to those called out of darkness into Christ's marvelous light. He's speaking to those who hold the faith 
The English translates it the faith in Jesus Christ, but it's the faith of Jesus Christ. He's speaking to you, and he's speaking to me. And he's calling us out for being known for our works of glory rather than our works of mercy. St. James isn't spurring us on to works of mercy because it's the way to heaven, but because it's the way of heaven. Let me say that again. St. James isn't spurring us on to works of mercy because it's the way to heaven, but because it's the way of heaven. He entreats us to serve the poor, the orphaned, the widowed, the refugee, and the outcast because it's the way of Jesus. It's the faith of Jesus. Heaven himself dropped down to earth. Listen, my beloved brothers, says James. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? That's the faith of Jesus. Choosing the poor. Choosing the enemy. We see the way of heaven through Jesus' compassion to others. He shows it to us again today when he heals the deaf man with a speech impediment in the gospel. We see the way of heaven through Jesus' great compassion for us. But God shows his love for us in that while we will still sinners, the poorest of the poor, Christ died for us. Ultimate act of mercy. Through this act, we have been made citizens of heaven. We have taken the confession that Jesus is Lord onto our lips. And now we're called to get our skin in the game, our skin, our very lives, as a sacrifice to the Lord. A few weeks ago, I talked about how when we partake of the Eucharist, we become little Christs. And we, when we are those little Christs in the world, not only are we transformed, but the world is transformed. We're transformed because when we serve the poor, when we're known for our works of mercy, we become more like the poor, wholly dependent on Christ's love mercy, and goodness. Our confession of Christ and our works of mercy transform our apathy into action, our hate into love, our vengefulness into forgiveness, our partiality into impartiality, and our fakeness into real idiom. faith that does, the faith of Jesus. 
And it is through that real religion of confessing Christ and doing good works that the world is transformed. Through your volunteering inside and outside these church walls, Christ is made known. When you join Jesus on his mission, through your many stations and vocations in life, the poor and rejected are accepted and made rich in faith. When you speak truth and love, and let grace come from your lips instead of gossip and hate and vitriol. The spiritually deaf, they begin to listen. The world is broken, and they desperately want to hear the message we have. That message, that Christ died for them, and resurrected from the tomb so that we might be resurrected too. Let us take a moment now to ponder the opportunities the Lord has given us to show others the way of heaven, the faith of Jesus. Whether we live in times of persecution or in times of blessing, may we be known for our confession of Christ, for that which has been won for us. May we be known for our love and our good works. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.